that means. Because I was thinking of it more of like from a boasting point of view as opposed to like a here's how much I like this thing. And that's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I consider but, when people talk about their playtime in games, I <clears throat> I always process it as like, I am telling you that I like this game so much that I've put this much time into it. Yeah, no, that makes sense to me. But because uh, because I've been playing a lot of Fire Emblem uh, uh, th- Three Hopes. Yeah. And I it's at that, that point game came out. It's great. I love it. I mean, if you like, you know, that style of game, you already know exactly what it's going to be. But uh, how does it compare to Hyrule Warriors? I didn't play that much Hyrule War. Well, I did, but I played it when it first came out, and I don't remember. Like it was just another. It was like a uh, just your regular <clears throat> Dynasty Warriors with Zelda characters and a ton of content where all the characters were unique. Okay. Like it was so sort of comparable. And so this one is. Mm, there's less. I think there's less variety between characters in a lot of ways. Yeah, that was a problem of, in the first Fire Emblem Warriors as well. Right, because you're picking characters that you like, but then you give them classes, and they have unique moves and stuff that you can do. But more or less, all of those games boil down to, here's how I want to play, and you just sort of play that way for yeah. the entirety of the game. Well, and the problem with uh, the problem with the first Fire Emblem Warriors is that you had the the movesets weren't so much divided by character so much as they were divided by weapon. Yeah, so this one, there's, there's still the weapon type advantages, but at least you, you can pick different classes, and um, that's fun. And, like, the, the I, I enjoy the story. It's, it's neat to see a different take on the three houses' yeah. storyline. It's fun to see how the characters shape up in this, I don't know, I guess, alternate universe. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I was getting, I, I've played it for, it says that I've played it for I've 70 hours or something like that. That's about how uh, long I played Age of Calamity, I think. Yeah, that sounds right. Because you got to the end of the game in that. Yeah. And I I had my last mission last night for the one of the routes, because you can play through all three houses again and get different stories. Mm. And so this was just for one route, because I was doing everything I could. Yeah, um, yeah. Like a bunch of sides. So, so it was taking a really long time. And... I was on the final mission and I still had one more round of do stuff in the camp before you go do the fight. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? I don't feel like doing this. So I made a separate save and then I just went and fought the final mission and beat the game. I was like, yeah, if I ever want to play again, I'll go back and do this the proper way. So I don't waste my camp time, so to speak. Yeah, 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 yeah. I <laughs> and it. if I do a new game plus, cause I was, I was at that point where it's like, you know, I'm, I like this game a lot, but I'm just done. I want, I want to see the ending of the game and maybe I'll come back to it in a month or something like that. Yeah. 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 So I, I I get that that point sometimes where it's like, you know, I'm good. I'm good. I'm ready to to move on. And I imagine you're not quite there with Xenoblade Chronicles 2, but it's kind of getting to the that point of the game where you're like, well, how how close am I? I'm kind of curious now. Like, should I Google yeah. how many chapters there are? <laughs> yeah, I'm not yeah, I'm not there yet. I'm still having fun with it, but I am getting to the point where I'm starting to realize how much side content I am doing. And I'm remembering that sinking to my my obsession with do all the side quests before you advance the plot yeah made me drop off of the first xenoblade chronicles like four times before i finished it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because well in the first xenoblade chronicles that side content is actually a lot less interesting and a lot more tedious and has to do with I mean, a lot just, of, I mean, like, run around in this forest until this one in a thousand rare drop pops up ten times. And then take those back and you'll get some XP. And it's yeah, like, I mean, the, and the, I would just run around doing the doing the loot laps 
in a in this collection area for an hour, two hours, three hours trying to get these things before I was like, this is dumb and I don't even want the reward. I just want to check the thing off the list. And yeah, as a result, like I've forgotten what's I've forgotten what's even happening in the story of the game because I've just been looking for this dumb red gem thing. <laughs> so once I stopped doing that and just and just played through the game in Xenoblade Chronicles, I ended up liking it a lot. Yeah, if if, <laughs> if I ever go back and finish it for the fourth time, yeah, I will uh probably just be beelining through the story and not even doing any side quests at I all. think that's advisable. I think you have to do a little bit of, like, the one thing I'll say about... Uh, I know how you unlock some of the Monado stuff. The first and second Xenoblade, from what I can tell so far, I would definitely use the word grindy. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're games. adhering to an MMO, pla uh, uh, like, design is, is absolutely the case. And I'm not a huge fan of that. There are... There's too much grinding, and there's, at least in two, I'm going to say way too many systems. Like Oh, really? This thing is laden with mechanics. There is, like, there... So, in terms of, like, leveling, there's straight XP leveling, sure. right? Simple. Fight things, get XP, level up. But then there's a bonus XP system where you can kind of like cash in additional XP when you sleep at inns. And that's not really that complicated. It's basically just like if you go sleep at an inn, you'll have a cache of XP and you can level up a couple extra times. And the way they present it is basically like, we want to make sure that you're at a level that you're comfortable with. And we want to, like, we know there's a lot of content in this game and... It's very easy to get over-leveled if you try to do everything. So this is a mechanic that allows you to hold some XP back so that you don't over-level if you don't want to. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Yes. So it's like, I like the other day I was like level 40 and I went to sleep at an inn and it's like, do you want to level up your characters? And I could like, I had so much bonus XP stocked that I could go all the way up to level 45. Oh, hell yeah. So I was like, so it's like, do you want to go up to level 45? Which in my case, yes, absolutely. Yeah, of course. But for people who are, you know, for people who are worried that they're, you know, they're in a level 30 zone and running around at level 45 and the battles aren't a challenge anymore and it gets boring, you don't have to. Yeah. You can actually keep your level at a at a reasonable level and maintain that challenge, which is well, a pretty know, nice way to handle that, actually. Yeah, it's great. I, I, I never understood it, but I get it. I personally don't want to, but I understand why people like the challenge. Right, yes. Um, so that, pretty good. Simple. Then every uh, every character gets to e equip two accessories. There is... There's no real... Uh, there's no real weapon and armor system, per se. It's basically just equip... Well, there is, but you don't have, like... It's not like Final Fantasy VI where it's, you have your, like, here's your weapon slot, here's your shield slot, here's your, you know, your body and your legs or whatever, <laughs> or your helmet. Yeah. It's basically like you can equip two things and those can be whatever. But then there's like a whole persona system on the side of it. Oh? Where, like, you have all of these summons who, like, fight alongside your main character 
and they change the weapon that you use and the the skills that you have available and your base element. And you can equip up to three of those on each character to hot swap between within the battle. So you have like basically three different movesets that you can sort of swap between while you're fighting. That's kind of crazy. And then, yeah, and then there's like, you know, several dozen spare slots to keep them in on the side. Sure. Now, each of those, uh, each of your blades, which are basically personas or stands or whatever, what have you, um, they also have two uh, accessory slots. So you can equip two things on them as well. And then there's a different set of things where you can upgrade their, uh, you can upgrade their, the weapon that they bestow upon the character that you're actually controlling. So they wow. like, they all have different, they all have different weapons. You may have a sword, a spear. There is literally a blitz ball. <laughs> there is literally a blitz ball moveset. They call it a bit ball, but it's a blitz ball. You can't fool me. Um, yeah, I actually did that 100% when I played through it last year. Like, I did all of the Blitzball stuff. It was... Oh, yeah, like, that's the game, man. <laughs> I did 100% of the Blitzball in Final Fantasy X and ten two. No, I, I didn't And in ten two, although it's only I a management like it. sim. You don't even play Blitzball. I like it way better in ten two. to be honest. I like the management aspect more than actually playing it. I kind of did, too. <laughs> I, I know I'm, that's I'm, I know I'm a, that's blasphemy. <laughs> no, I'm a sucker for a sports management sim. I can't yeah. I can't help it. Like, I have a and, like I've had my iPad since 2011. It when still you works. It. <laughs> it still works and one of the only things I ever paid money for on it is Out of the Park 2013, which is a text-based baseball management sim. Yeah, that sounds like And you. I will pick it up and play it for weeks at a time like a couple times a year yeah yeah i'm a huge dork and that's fine so you just, you just want to manage some baseballs so all right so these blades right they have unique weapons which you can each of them you can give them you basically are giving them new weapons but the way it plays out is like you have to find core chips and that modifies their weapons but you're basically just buying new weapons for them sure um so each blade has to have their weapon upgraded individually. And then each of those weapons bestows four unique moves, which also have to be leveled individually. And then they also have a big sphere grid looking uh, affinity chart where they all have like special active and passive and field based skills, which all activate under certain circumstances and you unlock new rings of it the more you use them and there's a trust meter that builds up over time where you get access to more of them and that gives them like higher level skills or better versions of those skills and and each individual blade has a huge has a huge meter of all that and you also as a character also have one of those and there's like seven different types of ex like accruable experience points that you cash in for different things. And it's a, it's a freaking mess. <laughs> Maybe that's why the completion time is so high. Yeah. There's like way too much. 
and I've just uh, I've just unlocked the Assassin's Creed Brotherhood style uh, send the extra blades that you're not using out on uh, like timed, yeah timed adventures to bring back like XP and materials. <laughs> okay, that's kind of fun. I, I actually like it. It's great. I like it a lot. Um, the uh, the weird British accents in the localization. Yeah, they're not bad. They're actually, I they've really grown on me. The voice acting is actually fantastic. The Monado. I always, I always enjoyed the their silly voice acting. I don't know. I played the first one in Japanese. The second one does not have a Japanese voice option, so I was stuck with the English, and I was like, "This is weird. This is weird." Okay, we okay. I we've got a we've got a weird moody Irish cat girl. That's... I don't, you know, it's it's funny because I pretty much always play with the 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 native language when possible. But I I feel like I played, I feel like my the the Switch version that I'm, well, I can't really say that I'm playing now, but that I was playing, I was, mm. I think I left it in English just because the the voice acting always made me smile because it's so, it's it's, it's English, so memey now, right? But it's like an yeah, exactly, exactly. It's rhyme time. <laughs> like it's, it's, it always sounds so funny. Yeah, it's it, it was weird at first and then it was kind of funny and now I it's totally grown on me and I just love them. <laughs> like the voice acting is all actually great and they're like man, English voice acting has come so 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 far in the last 10 years. Like they they've got it. Like they have people running the show that know what they're doing. They have people doing this work that are passionate, that understand, like, <clears throat> it's not just hiring some people to read lines anymore. This is a, this is a well-oiled machine. Yeah, I agree. They've, they've, they've got it figured out. I'm, I'm very happy. Um, I mean, look no further than the English, the English voice acting in 13 Sentinels. I don't actually have a clue what anybody sounds like. Oh, you played in Japanese? Yep. Yep. <clears throat> the, the English, um... The English voice acting in 13 Sentinels is, um, it is a masterclass. Oh, actually, that's not true. I, I, uh, I watched you play a bit, so I, I do kind of oh, remember, yeah, that's true. um, the, I remember it not being here. Let's put it this way. I don't remember what they sound like. And I watched you play, which already means that they must sound like normal humans. Right. Yeah. If, <laughs> if it had been bad, you would have remembered it because <laughs> yeah, you remember the really dumb ones. Anyway, hi everybody. Welcome to the Retro Breakdown. Let me just get out ahead of this since you've probably noticed in the first 15 minutes or so. Um, I have COVID and I am uh, I'm fine. I'm on I'm on the recovery from it, but you're going to hear like weird nose and throat things and maybe the, an occasional cough. It's okay. Just bear with me. I'll be better next week. It's fine. Maybe I'll throw some in there just to make you sound real bad. Yeah, it's just sharing it. <laughs> <laughs> when 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 did they join us actually i mean i figured we had started but i didn't know uh it was around the time that you were talking about uh our counts in games uh, okay okay it was about 15 minutes ago that makes sense yeah i'm glad i'm glad that they that they uh that they've joined us for the day sometimes that uh, you know i'm just not sure like it's just us chatting it's like oh hey we record a podcast yeah 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 <laughs> 
Yeah, it usually doesn't really, it doesn't really feel like we've, uh, it doesn't really feel like we've started until the point where I'm like, let's take a break for, or let's take a, a word from our sponsors. Right, yeah. And it's like, oh yeah, I guess we were doing that. Because <laughs> it really has just become a podcast where it's you and I shooting the breeze for a half hour. Yeah, and then, and, and then, then for whatever reason. Like, oh yeah, I guess we're working. We, we make one of us, we make ourselves play games like Mighty Bomb Jack. <laughs> All right, listen, I needed a short game that I could play while I was sick with COVID. And I just had the switch open because I've been playing Xenoblade. And I'm like, we haven't played that yet. I wonder what that's like. And then I found out and we're going to talk about it. And I'm not going to give anything away. It was the, it's the best NES game ever. Spoilers. I, I mean, that's not really even giving anything away. No, it's not. Okay, hold on. Let me, let me, let me just say I, I was... I would have been happier knowing it was just a Tecmo Super Bowl halftime act. <laughs> that is like the first, that is like the only thing that I knew about it for the longest time. Is like Literally, that's these what weird looking little sprites jumping around <laughs> at the, at the man. <laughs> okay. Hold on. Did you see the new Kirby game? Yes. Where he gets yeah, shrunk the, down the, on top of a cake. Yes. <laughs> yeah, the one that looks like Fall Guys. Oh, is it? I thought it was like a racing game and stuff, and then there's like mini games. I mean, it probably. Oh, is. I see what you mean. I guess I, I guess I could see Fall Guys in there. I never even, I didn't even connect that. I, I, I didn't play Fall Guys, so that, that's probably mm. it wasn't on my mind. Yeah, it, it reminded me of Fall Guys, and then it kind of didn't because it's got the whole thing where you're like collecting food as you go, like the whole gourmet race thing, right? Yes. I, I just like the part where they get weighed at the end and the, the big fat Kirby's got this huge smile on his face. Like, yeah, yeah I did it. He's like, I, yeah, I'm the best. <laughs> I was the just best at being a glutton. <laughs> he was so proud of himself. God, Kirby's the best character. <laughs> I love that Kirby's the character. Nintendo's like, hmm, we have this idea for something and it's kind of weird. Well, just put Kirby in it. It's we fine. talked about this like a week or two ago on the podcast. Yep. I know. Cause I it's think great. we were talking about the Kirby tilt and tumble run. Yeah, at, uh, at SGDQ. Yeah, and they're like, it, man, like they just have an idea for a weird game and they want to brand it, so they're like, throw Kirby on it. <laughs> Kirby, Kirby works. Kirby tilt and tumble. Kirby well, pinball. Kirby and this air seems, ride. This seems like it's an. Int- I, I is it is it you like want a, a branded Puyo game? Kirby's Avalanche. You want a weird <laughs> golf game? Kirby's Dream Course. Yeah, Kirby can do anything and everything basically, except play except play any of the sports. They don't yeah, let he's Kirby not play sports because it's not fair. Yeah, he would, he would, he would, yeah, he'd be too strong. <laughs> he's too powerful. None of the Nintendo cast, they all have contracts and they're like, no, we're not playing sports with effing Kirby, okay? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's on every single one of their contracts. <laughs> I, I, the first thing that I thought of when I saw the concept of that new Kirby game is like Kirby's been transported to a world made of only desserts. And I'm like, for Kirby, that's every world. That's just everything. <laughs> the thing I, the one thing I love about the way that they design Kirby and like, like, so he's looking at a cake and he's really excited about it. Then he gets transformed into a tiny version of himself so he can roll around on the cake. And then like three other versions of himself show up and he doesn't care about any of it. He's just so happy to be on a giant cake where he can eat and like roll himself and eat at the same time. Yeah. And he's like, wow, 
Yeah, I just I love that so much. It's just it's he doesn't care about anything ever. <laughs> there there is a particular look on his face when he lands in this when he gets isekai to the dessert zone. To the dessert that he's looking at. The dessert dimension. <laughs> and then his eyes just like he sees all the all the stuff around him and his eyes just start glittering with joy. Yes. Yes. And it's like, oh, I get it. <laughs> oh, that's so that's so incredibly relatable. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, thanks, Kirby. Yeah, I wonder. So it said something about downloading the game on the eShop, and I didn't know if that was just part of like, you know, hey, download it on the Nintendo eShop because the Nintendo makes a bigger cut of it, or if it's going to be a, a cheaper digital only game, which would be, wouldn't that be the first time they've done that on the Switch? Like with a Nintendo property like that? I think, um... I, I guess, no, no, maybe Fighter, no, the other Kirby game, the the fighting Kirby game. That I think that's a I don't think that's a physical copy. I think that's a digital only game also. Yeah, I think Pokemon Unite might also be a Oh, yeah, of course. Yes. No, you're right. Never mind. Yeah, I'm way off. I forgot about Unite. There's probably a bunch then. Yeah, I think yeah. they've done it. I think they've, they've done it a couple times. There was another Pokemon game too that I've already forgotten about. Oh, yeah, the the one where you own a cafe and you do puzzles. Maybe? I don't know. I didn't play it. Um, no, Lechisia did. You it's like a it's like a cell phone puzzle game that they just threw on the switch also yeah that sounds right i think it was de- developed for cell phones and they're like well this could I think be a it's switch in- game I, I, yeah i think it's United. interesting because like nintendo had a they had a, a bit where they were really pushing for cell phone games yeah then they canceled all of them basically i mean yeah, not canceled but they were dead like except fire emblem they're like we're not we don't care about any of this stuff I, they the- just pivoted really hard away from it presumably because they realized they could just do those games on the Switch. Yeah, they, well, they don't have to call them cell phone games. Exactly. They can still release them on cell phones because cell phones are powerful enough where they can, you know, I mean, drop the point, same game. At this point, cell phones are getting to be about as powerful as a Switch. I'm going to guess they're more powerful. <laughs> Quite possibly. They're at, at the very least, they're more uh, versatile. At least like one of those like, you know, $2,000 phones is probably Yeah, yeah, like more the, that's what I'm saying, like the, the top end the top end gaming there are gaming cell phones now there have been gaming cell phones for a very long time i my friend had the sony xperia like i don't know 50, like 12 or so years ago that well, had the, I mean, the open keyboard that you had like a, 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 a and you know how you remember phones used to have flip like the the slidey things for the keyboard yeah yeah instead of this being a keyboard it was a you know a d-pad and some buttons yeah i mean i suppose if you want to go back to like the n gauge well no i'm not going that far back god I did know someone who owned that too, and I I remember playing it on a train and being like, "This is kind of cool." <laughs> it's yeah, it certainly was an idea. Yeah, yes, it was. Oh no, he didn't have the end gauge. Excuse me, he had the uh, the game. Um, the Gamecom. The Gamecom. Yeah, the game. The way com. better end gauge. Okay. <laughs> what was the game dot com? A phone. Uh, I believe it could do phone stuff. Okay. It, it had the internet in it and everything. Like, it's kind of... <laughs> yeah, that was like Well, in the 90s, 90s a, a device that had, like, internet connectivity and a device that was a phone were different things. Yes. Which I know is sacrilege now, but... Well, it doesn't even make sense. Unless you're buying Grandma Ladybug phone. Right. <clears throat> if you still got a flip phone. Hell, even those probably connected the internet. They do, probably, yeah. Because my flip phone that I had in high school and, you know the early 2000s 
it could connect to the internet technically. Yeah, yeah. It cost, I think it would have cost my mom. <laughs> like money. a dollar a minute or something like that. <laughs> but, but I never did it, so I don't have a clue. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I like, I distinctly remember having a, uh, having a cell phone that had internet connectivity and it was just like, this will cost you so much extra money and will be such an awful experience that it is in no way worth it. Also, <laughs> 25 cents a text. <laughs> yeah, we, luckily, my mom and stepdad got some plan that made it so all of that, it was it was like some weird Sprint thing that they were doing because Sprint was, you know, it's always been like the, the third rung of the, yeah. um, the cell phone stuff, but it's all we could get where we lived. And they had some really crazy deal where it was you pay a certain amount and you'll be you'll get this plan forever and it was an unlimited plan and it actually worked well beyond when unlimited would have even made sense because like then there was data caps and stuff but we didn't yeah, have yeah. any because we had the unlimited texting plan <laughs> but it wasn't <laughs> called but it wasn't called texting it was just called the unlimited plan and technically i guess they couldn't figure out a way to get you out of it eventually they made it so you had to pay a a, a smartphone tax and then and then uh then they could charge extra. It was still unlimited. It was still a pretty good deal overall, but it, but it is funny that like the 25 cents of text got unlimited. And then that turned into a huge loss for them ultimately, because you know, then they couldn't charge you for data caps anymore because you had that plan. It was kind of cool. Yeah. So thankfully we never had to worry about it. And that was only because one time my sister who, if I was in high school, how she was, I don't know, grade school somewhere. And, um, she they, they got a bill it was like 50 or something dollars from texting and they're like what the hell or 60 dollars something it was outrageous yeah, yeah. and so they they talked to sprint and they 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 actually let them i don't think they had to pay all of it but that's when we switched the unlimited plan all that stuff but but yeah, it was yeah. because my my sister had uh racked up one of those bills that you look and you're like what the hell this 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 one phone is costing us more than the entire plan <laughs> for like the year <laughs> My my earliest experience with having a cell phone was one of those pay-as-you-go, like, buy yeah. a card at the store. Yeah, yep. And, like, that was basically the cell phone for, like, until, I want to say, like, 2009. <laughs> yeah. Something like that. And it was always, like, we were poor, so the idea that we even had one at all was... It was exciting. Yeah, it was exciting. But it was, like, I would end up at college... And it would be like, you've got 10 minutes preloaded onto your phone. Right, right. Those you have to make them count. 10 minutes are for calling us when you need to be picked up. Right. Yeah, don't call pizza. <laughs> yeah, like when you're done for the day, you use those 10 minutes to call us quickly. And then hang up. <laughs> and yeah, and tell us that you need to that tell us that you, you know, you're ready to come home. And then and that's what that's for. And yeah, you I mean, know, that, that, those 10 minutes were expected to stretch for like a week. <laughs> yeah, that, that, here's your year of 10 minutes, okay? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then, and you know, and so like a text, which would, which would cost like a quarter of a minute was like, no, you're don't not, text you don't me. do that. Man, yeah, kid, kids these days <laughs> will never know the pain of T9 texting. <laughs> I, let's see, when did I get, I didn't get a smartphone for a really long time. I didn't, I know exactly when I got my first smartphone. It Is was, that... it was 2014. 
And the only reason I got it is because it was a work phone. Oh yeah, you've told me that. That's right. That's right. Yeah, because I got mine the year earlier, and I my sister wanted to give me like a really cool gift that was like combining birthday and Christmas or something, mm. and she gave me the um she gave me that phone when I was going to Japan for the first time. So I'd have a, a cool phone to take pictures with. Cause otherwise oh, I was like, cool. yeah, I'm not going to bother bringing a camera. And she's like, Tom. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> I would have just gone without it. You know, oh, whatever. I like, yeah. Totally. My memories are in my head. <laughs> yeah. that That's exactly how I feel about pictures. <laughs> I'm glad like, I had it though. Cause it's fun I'm to sometimes glad go I back have and the see pictures them. now. Cause I look back on them and I'm, yes. I'm like, I'm glad I have that. Yep. There are some pictures where I'm like, I wish we hadn't taken pictures while this was happening. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's like, that's how it's... I feel about most time when people are recording like uh, any kind of firework show or like yeah. light show. And it's like, dude, don't watch the show on your phone. Then you yeah, could have just watched yeah, yeah. it anywhere. Just like watch it. Just just enjoy it. Yeah. It's okay if you can't see it again later because you're not going to watch it again later anyways. Right, right, right. The chance of you booting up the, the 20... Uh, 17 fireworks show at Disney is slim to none. Yeah. And realistically, like, God, there's a fireworks show every weekend, every summer somewhere. If you want to see a fireworks show, just go see a fireworks show. <laughs> now we sound like old grumpy people, not even of our generation. I've never liked fireworks. No, no. I mean, I mean the idea of the, the picture thing. Like, no, I know. Uh, because that's not even, I, I would say most, I'd say we're in the minority of that. I agree. And I'm not, I don't even think that I'm right. Oh no, I'm definitely wrong. But I, I, I just I feel strongly about it personally. <laughs> yeah. For me. And, and what's funny is that I almost always, I'm like, yeah, that's a nice photo. I'm, I'm glad I can look back on it. But in the moment, I'm like, oh, who cares? We don't need it. <laughs> I, the, the time that always comes to mind for me is I was... I was in Japan. We went to um we went to Kyoto. Uh we were at the Inari shrine, the one with all of the the like the orange red yeah. Tory gates going up the yep. mountain. Yeah. Super cool, like almost like well, I don't want to say almost because it is literally a spiritual experience if you are if you're you know, yeah. If that's if that's a spiritual place for you, but for me it's like this is a place that I've seen in pictures, in movies, in like, it's this almost mythical location that didn't even feel real. It felt like a fairy tale. And well, now and it I'm is quite here. Something. I'm, I'm existing in this space right now. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm just having this moment and everyone around me is like, Oh, let's all go, let's all go, like, peek out from behind the, the gates, like, one after another and do these, like, do these cutesy, like, cringe family photo, like, shots. And I'm sitting here, like, I can't, like, I'm, I'm practically crying because, like, I can't believe my life has come together in such a way that I was able to come to this place that it like it it's all of this stuff just like sentimentally crashing down on me and i'm just like breathing the air in and just looking around and it's a super nice day and the wind is blowing <clears throat> and i'm just having a moment right mm -hmm. and everyone around me is doing tourist shit and i'm like I, it, no it's like it. it's ruining my vibe hey i get what you mean i do 
I have a question about that event when you were there that day. Did you climb all the way to the top? No. <laughs> okay, because I got like I halfway got, up. I, I was drenched in sweat. Stairs for about twenty minutes. <laughs> saw another. Uh, saw another. You know, another white guy coming down, yeah. saying like, "You got about another ninety minutes to go." <laughs> and we were like, "Oh, oh, we didn't come prepared for that." I was. Let's yeah, was stop here. Like, I was. I got like halfway up, and there's like a a break point every so often. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, had a really nice overlook, and I was like, you know what. <laughs> This is good enough. <laughs> yeah, we totally hit good enough. Because <laughs> like we didn't, it wasn't the whole day's plan, right? You know, it was. It literally was like, let's see this on the way to going to a couple of other places, mm-hmm. and like, if we had spent the entire, if we had aimed to spend the entire day there, that would have been one thing. Sure, but of like course. that was also the same day that we went to Nara. That was like the same Did you pet day. Some deers that, or well, yeah. the deers try to get pet. Yes. <laughs> yep they they were aggressive. Oh yeah, they don't care. They'll eat stuff right out of your pockets. Yep. <laughs> they just they was, just go for it. I was I, just taking a a picture of 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 some of the deer that when they were there, and I I had a I had the video, and <laughs> there was some kid who got chased down by a deer, yeah. and it was he was like the kid was crying and screaming for help. And this deer was just like chasing him. It was hilarious. And then I was like, oh God, I feel so bad actually because this person's really terrified now of these deer. And we, I got, uh, we got rammed a couple times. Like really? not hard, but like. Oh, were they like bumping? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, yeah. they like come and bump us a little bit. And they'd be they like, give you hey. like a little nuzzle. Like, hey, give me my damn cracker. I know you bought it, asshole. <laughs> yeah, like it's a little more than a nuzzle. It was definitely it is, a it bump. Is. It is, yeah. It's it's like a give me the cracker. Yeah, give me the cracker. I know you've got it. <laughs> the first time we crackers. went, they ate a hole in Jesse's dress. <laughs> okay, that's really aggressive. <laughs> I mean, like, that was actually just a nibble, but it was a really light dress because it was summer. Oh, so okay. they just kind of got a, you know, they took a nibble out of it and it just tore. I mean, yeah. Yeah. And we just still have it because it's, you know, it's down it's like near the now. ankle and it's, and it's a funny story. So it's just kind of a comfy sleeping dress for her now, but like they, uh, yeah, highly recommend going to Nara and, and hanging out with the deer, but like they will mess with you. <laughs> Think of them like, you know, it's, it's, it's not quite the level of mischief as like a monkey. Oh God, not even close. But like. I mean, listen, at the monkey places, when you're out in like one of the, if you're like on a forest trail and they have signs about the monkeys, they literally talk about how you shouldn't make eye contact with them because they'll get mad. Yeah. <laughs> like the going, going uh, in, into areas where there's just monkeys hang out. It's a little bit spooky, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, like I, I talked to someone at the, at the airport in, uh, in Seoul once. Yeah. It was just one of those things where we just were going to the same place and. Yeah. And you just killing some time see- chatting. You're in a, you're in a, uh, you're in an airport and you, it's a foreign airport and you see someone who is like, obviously from where you're from mm-hmm. and it's like, Hey, well, you know, what do you do? What's, what's going on? What do you, what do you hear? What are you here what's doing? Your deal? Yeah. What's, so this person had come from Thailand and we're just telling stories about, uh, about how evil monkeys are about how they will like steal people's keys <laughs> and then <laughs> ransom them for food. Right, exactly. Dude, monkeys are something else. (laughs) 
It's like, uh, yeah, so it's not that bad, but like expect to be harassed. Yeah, you'll be harassed by a deer. (laughs) Which is still something comical because you don't think about that because typically deer, especially, you know, in the U.S. for the most part are terrified the second they even get wind of a human. Yeah, no, like they don't just hang out around you. Like they're not like the Nanar deer are not domesticated. Right. They are just like. They are like squirrels or rabbits that live in your subdivision. Yeah, or, or like, like a school campus, kind of maybe. Like, yeah, where the squirrels just... really don't care on a yeah. campus. You know what I mean? Because there's so many people around and they're just, they grew up with them around. So they know that right. for the so most they're... part, everyone's chill. Yeah, they do not register as a threat. Right. So it's just like, this is, yeah, this is just part of my normal environment now. Um, <laughs> We've got rabbits and we've got rabbits around where we live and Dio will go off chasing them. <laughs> like he barks at them, he pulls on the leash, he wants to run after them, and those rabbits will let him get within about five feet before they think to do anything about it. Yeah, they're they're real chill. <laughs> they're like, and he's like screaming his head off, and the rabbit's just sitting there like chewing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, like yo, bro, I'm I'm gonna outrun you. But, well, it's not just that, but, like, they grew up in an area where, like, yeah, these carnivorous animals that do want to eat me are here, but I know none of them can get to me because they're all on leashes. Yeah. So, like, I don't really have to worry until they get super close. Whereas, like, you know, like you were saying before, the, like, white-tailed deer mm-hmm. will, like, poke their head out of a out of a, a forest clearing, and if they see something, they're like, oh, man, gotta go. Run! Not a deer. Just kind of walk around. (laughs) Oh yeah, yeah. They just they just expect you to feed them, or or they'll feed themselves, or they (laughs) will feed themselves. (laughs) So yeah. Anyway, that's wow. That's a that was a lot of tangent. I don't even know where we started from. from. Cell phones. Yeah. Like talking about gaming cell phones. Because my sister gave me one. Switch games. Nintendo doing cell phone games into cell into gaming cell phones into the end gauge into we basically get, were just talking about when how we much got work. our first cell phones into you wanted to have pictures uh, you wanted to have a cell phone to take pictures or your sister wanted you to have a cell phone <laughs> to take pictures while you were in Japan which went into me talking about picture taking pictures while in Japan which led into this. This is how this welcome to the retro breakdown. This is how conversations go. Yeah. I mean that that is actually that makes sense though. <clears throat> it's very uh-oh. 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 COVID COVID strikes. Yeah, that's fine. I just had to obnoxiously clear my throat, but I muted do the you, mic to do it. Do you need a beverage? I have a beverage. I have water. I'm fine. I also okay. have a stack of cough drops if I need them. I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> It's all right. I've actually been on a pretty steady regimen of like Dayquil and Nyquil, and I finally broke it yesterday. <laughs> um, I didn't take any Nyquil last night, and I was just like, I feel well enough. And uh, and I woke up today, and I haven't taken any Dayquil because it's like I have some minor lingering symptoms, but it's like, no, nah, I'm like I don't, I'm I'm good. I don't need to like treat these anymore. They'll go away. Yeah, you know, That's... it's 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 at the symptoms are at that low level where it's like I I'm not really. I'm not really bothered by this. I'll go blow my nose once in a while and that'll be fine. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm uh, I'm lucky where I don't get sick very often. So I I don't even I don't know if I've ever I don't know if I've ever had 
or taken Dayquil before. I've seen the commercials for it, but I've never had it myself. I take something at night sometimes. Yeah, I've taken night stuff because then I want to be able to sleep. Yeah, I've never bothered with day stuff. Does it does it make you drowsy at all? Is it just kind of like dry everything? No, that's the whole point of it being Dayquil. It's like the same stuff that's in Nyquil, but not the sleep aid. Uh, that's cool. That makes sense. And I think it has uh, I think it has guafinacin in it, so it's like the expectorant to make you like cough stuff up. Yeah, cough stuff up and get that out. Whereas like Nyquil is trying to suppress that. Man, I always. When, whenever I was sick as a kid, I would, I would always, I hate the coughing, like, where you're supposed to, like, cough it up and get it out and everything. It's gross. My, and my dad was like, no, get it. I was like, no, I don't want to. It's gross. He's like, you're, it's the only way to get it out and get better. I was like, no, it's nasty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I hated doing it. The, <laughs> but I know the, you're So this is going to be, like, sort of graphically gross. But, <laughs> like, the worst for me is when you're, like, kind of, yeah, like you're still kind of like tired and like weak. Yeah. So you yeah. don't want to get up. Yeah. But you have a really, really good productive cough. And then you just have a <laughs> mouthful of crap that you need to spit out. Okay. Yeah. 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 And it's like. That's different. It's then it's like, like, get this out. Definitely get this out. But I don't want to get up. Like, I'm oh, no. so like, I'm so lazy. I don't like. And you don't have like a, a you don't have like a tissue or something to spit it into. So it's like, <laughs> sometimes it just sits in my mouth for a while and I have to figure out whether I'm going to get up to get it out. That. And it's gross. I hate it. That's nasty. Not it is. Lie. It's, we, it's bad. We not, we have now turned this into like nineties MTV. Just like, you know, we got some, uh, it's We're going to play Beavis and Butthead and like Ren and Stimpy. I guess Ren and Stimpy was technically on Nickelodeon, wasn't it? It was, but I mean, for Somehow. all intents and purposes, it was an MTV show. Yeah, um, well, it was, Nickelodeon. It was the it was Nick. It was the Nickelodeon MTV gateway drug. <laughs> it's owned by the same company, so that makes sense. Yeah, they're both Viacom, right? I believe so. But yeah, those those uh, <laughs> you know, we should play like Boogerman one of these days. I've played Boogerman before. I rented it's... it as a kid, and that's it. It is. Boogerman is honestly like a fine, okay, unremarkable platformer. Other than that, it is that Earthworm Jim style of 90s, let's be gross for gross sake. I mean, we've never played it again, an unremarkable platforming game <laughs> on this podcast. Not this week, not last week. Not ever. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, do you want to take a do you want to take a question before yeah. I forget and it yeah. gets to be like yeah I don't think we took one last week did we we did but we did it after the break oh, and then that's right. barely that's talked right. about zero wing <laughs> at least you know at least zero <laughs> zero wing has the best meme okay it does maybe not the best but the it's whatever okay I'm not gonna I'm not gonna spoil it but Mighty Bomb Jack does actually have something that could be a meme. But I don't think anyone knows about it. Okay. You probably didn't see it, but I'm going to wait until the second half to, to share it with you. Sure. Um, all right, let's cue the music. Very simple question coming in from Squ- from Swoggles. Sorry it took us almost a month to get to this. It's been, you know... A month. It's It's been a month. Um, question is, have you ever gotten so mad at a game that you threw a controller? 
I, I have never thrown a controller, but that's because I am I like extremely protective of my of my stuff that I like to the point of being a weirdo. I talked about it before, like I made yes. all of my friends at birthday parties wash their hands constantly or they had to bring their own stuff. But I have like, you know, punched a desk or a wall and one time I punched a desk that had a stapler on it that was flipped open and I literally stapled my hand. What, like, on purpose? No. Like, I didn't realize. Like, I was angry and a thing happened, and I I held the controller in my one hand, like, and I I went to go, you know, smash the, like, smash the desk with my other hand because I was so frustrated, and the stapler happened to be there, and it just stapled into my hand. I was like, oh, my God. And then then I just started laughing because, like, okay, I guess I deserve that for being so angry over something so stupid that I have now actually stapled my hand. That's an episode of Jackass. (laughs) It was, it was, it was a moment that was both painful but extremely comical because it was like okay why don't you chill out a little bit buddy <laughs> what did we learn <laughs> um but i my, we've talked about my buddy kyle one time we were playing smash brothers and he yeah, got that's so he got so mad at me now mind you kyle i would say on average kyle's probably a better smash brothers player than i am okay um and but one time i was beating him just repeatedly and he he grabbed he just like bit his controller so hard he left teeth marks in it and then we were both like dude and he's like oh shit i didn't i don't know why i did that a bite <laughs> i was like i've never seen anyone bite their controllers like yeah i don't i don't know i just and then it was another one of those moments of well do you want to play something else for a bit <laughs> like it was it was awkward and it, it was like we were both laughing but it was like a Dude, you just bit your controller kind of it's, moment. <laughs> you're laughing and it's kind of funny, but it's also kind of uncomfortable. Like, bro, are you okay? Yeah, like, <laughs> what, like, what, where did this come from? What, what else is happening right now? Do yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, so, he, oh, you know what? He actually did throw my controller one time and it was my controller. And as oh. it left his hand, he's, as it left his hand, he's like, Tom, I'm sorry. And I was like, Kyle, it's okay. Like it was, it was this moment of he felt so bad the second it happened, like even before it, even before it had finished happening, and it was I I it was all right. It landed on a you know a soft pillow. Yeah. But uh, it was it was definitely, it it was definitely the 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 reason it was so funny was that he was like, dude, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, like before it even hit the ground practically. <laughs> oh, Kyle. That's pretty good. That's it's like that moment where like it's the initial impulse yes. of like it's the initial impulse of whipping the controller and then the realization at the end of the arm movement where it's like, wait, this isn't my controller. Oh, no, stop. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> you know, funnily enough, all of his stuff was in great condition, except for the teeth marks on his spice orange GameCube controller. <laughs> spice orange. <laughs> the best color. <laughs> Oh, man. So I like I feel like I grew up poor is becoming a catchphrase for the entire podcast. (laughs) But like I sort of wear it as a mark of honor and it does sort of inform a lot of my gaming history. So it's relevant. Yeah. Um, In this case, throwing a controller and breaking it meant not playing my games for in who knows knows how long, like weeks, months, like maybe until Christmas. Sure, yeah. Um, so I had, I never developed a compulsion to throw a controller in a damaging way. Right, um, right. I 
I have had bouts of frustration where I will forcefully drop a controller into my lap. Sure. Um, I have, in the era of wireless controllers, when you're just kind of hanging out on the couch, I will have a moment, like, you ever have the moment where you just kind of like, you know, whatever it is that happens makes you, makes you upset, and you just kind of like, you know... You just kind of like throw your hands up and you just kind of like wheel the controller into the couch pillow a little bit. Like not sure. like really yeah. like whip it, yes, but yeah, just yeah, kind yeah. of like. Psh. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm more prone to at this point. It's like you're uh, dealing a card. Yes. Like you're yeah, dealing you a card toss it to the table, side, like, you just kind of like toss it over there. Yep. But only, only, only on a like on a couch or a soft surface, like, like gently in a place where you know it's not going to be damaged and you just kind of vent your frustration a little yeah, bit. Yeah, gently, angrily. <laughs> yeah. Underhand can, or like... That controller knows it's in trouble, okay? <laughs> yeah. A little a little, a little, little wrist flick. Like, never overhanding it. That's too much. Um, I, I have... I would say that... I would say in the last f- maybe four years, I've, I've, I've really gotten a lot less emotional if if something goes in in happens in games but if i do do something now it's way more like verbally like god dang like whatever right like yeah yeah, yeah. i'll just be like i'll say something out loud or i'll have like that moment of where i just like you know what i'm pausing Mm -hmm. this i'm just turning this game off for a bit instead like right like as opposed to taking it out physically it's become it's more it's more like a all right, I'm clearly not in a good space for this at the moment kind of a thing, or like I need to take a breather or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Streaming like puts me in a position where I (laughs) like, I, there's not a whole lot of physical animation that I can do to, to express my disappointment. So it does become kind of verbal or it's kind of that like release of tension. Yes. Or it's just like, you know, you just kind of like throw your hands around (laughs) <laughs> not like not like flailing but you no, know no, that no, thing where like... you have to like let go of the controller and like flick your wrist out a little bit like loosen your hands up mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's a lot of that kind of stuff if it if it's <laughs> physical at all but yeah like you said it, it's largely it's largely a verbal thing i think mm-hmm. the closest that i will ever get to throwing a controller is like the sort of uh the sort of like double hand just like drop it a few inches onto the table like no i'm done with this get it away yes. from me yeah or or i might <laughs> i have verbally said like oh my god i want to crush this controller right like i like yeah <laughs> and then then that feels good enough sometimes so it's like okay good i got that i out. have said <laughs> i have out loud said i'm gonna throw this controller across the room right that's what i mean but that's i've never I mean. actually done it <laughs> that's that's sometimes that's enough for me because <laughs> then i think I, about I, like if I did, I'd feel really stupid. Like I'd feel really bad, right? Yeah. Like like it would it would be like, oh, that's a waste of my my money. That would be stupid. And I and I yeah. like this thing. <laughs> yeah, like like growing up, like we just didn't have the money to replace it if it broke. So that right. just wasn't a thing. Now that I've grown up, it's like, well, I just don't want to spend the money on that. <laughs> like anger is not important enough to be expensive. No. You well, know? then then. Then you have another problem because like, oh, now should I feel like, should I be worried about myself? Like, am I so angry at this thing that I'm willing to break a, another thing? Then maybe there's an underlying problem with my anger here. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Like there's got to be something else going on. It can't just be because you failed at Meat Boy or something. <laughs> right. Meat Boy is such the example too. <laughs> 
Now, I don't I'm not going to call out specifically who it is, but I do know somebody who has a who has such a reputation for breaking controllers in rage. Oh no. Because of some unchecked and un, you know, undiagnosed deep anger issues. Sure. That um it actually became a regular meme of like everyone would buy this person controllers for Christmas because <laughs> they needed a stock of them to go through throughout would, the year. Because they would break them. Oh man. Like holes in the wall in the living room. Wow, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's pretty extreme. Yeah, very extreme. Um <laughs> I was I was present for one particular instance in which he grabbed the controller from one from one side and like hammered it onto the table in front of him like <laughs> 10 to 15 times until it just shattered into pieces. Yeah. Were you were you playing a versus game? No. Okay, good. <laughs> at least at least it wasn't your fault. <laughs> I wasn't playing with him. Oh, oh. Oh, yeah, true. What what, what how would that ever have worked out? You don't play co-op games. <laughs> My bad. I was just, I just happened to be in the room. Yeah, that's intense. That is, that is, that is definitely it not. Is, it's scary when you're around it. Well, yeah, because it's, it's certainly not that like that is misplaced entirely. Yeah. About other stuff. <laughs> if you're that, that, that is mad. a, that's a level of volatility that you look at and you're like, am oh. I safe? <laughs> what <laughs> is, 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 is this dude all right? Or gal, whatever. So yeah, like I I know people who who I know people who will destroy a controller when they get mm -hmm. mad at something. Um I've never had the mindset where that like for me I kind of look at most things in terms of like the cost of it. Sure. And it's like I never want to break a thing that I'm going to have to pay money to replace. Right, right. That is, there is nothing worth that. So the the answer for me is no. The the closest that I've gotten to throwing a controller is a uh is a slightly forceful drop of a couple of inches or a uh a little a little a little wrist flick into the into the pillow. That's about it. Yeah, I don't I think have I've... had a couple of instances where the wrist flick into the pillow has a weird bounce and then it falls off the couch onto the floor and then I feel really bad. Yeah. Yeah, I know I've I've had, I was going to say I've had something like that for sure where where I didn't mean for it to hit the ground but then it didn't. I'm like, "No, crap." Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and then then I feel bad because I feel bad already that I'm like whatever it is that happened in the game that made me upset and then I feel bad on top of it. It's like, "Oh, you can't. You're 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 unchecked." Yeah, aggression in this moment has now caused You're a loose possible... cannon. <laughs> like, yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like, oh, I want to chill out, bro. <laughs> They're gonna need my badge on their desk. Oh man. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> oh, that's a good question. Thank you, Swoggles. Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> okay. You... Yeah. No, it's time. We got. We got to do it. Do do the do this do the swap? Are we switching? I think we're doing. I think we're doing the swap. There was a nice right. little pregnant pause there for a second, and I was like, "All right, we're." I I feel like we're pretty. We like we've never really established this, but I feel pretty confident that like the 
the general format of the podcast is general discussion, question, break, second half of game discussion. Yeah. So it's time for break. Sure, let's break it up. All right, first things first. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, first things first, screw this game for being called Mighty Bomb Jack. What 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 a tricky name. The bombs it's are just really, coins. really deceptive. The bombs are just coins. The There's bombs are just coins. I I was like, how do I attack stuff? I was like, oh I don't, I just jump around. You just jump. Should just it's just it's just jump. I it, eh. This is this would have been a fine arcade game. And it's, I'm sure that it was. Yeah, because I, I think it was actually an arcade game, wasn't it? I, most games on NES in the 80s were, because that's where most of the money was at that time. Yeah, I don't I don't have a clue if it if it started as an arcade game or not, but... the I'm find I, out right now. It did have an unfortunate release window where it came out, like, you know, I think I think the I think I read that the 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 Zelda the Legend of Zelda was in the same issue as Mighty Bomb Jack at one point. Huh. Now released a Nintendo Entertainment System game released by Tecmo, which was later ported to the Amiga, Atari ST and Commodore 64. Well, the, the game sold pretty well in Japan. Yeah, understandable. I uh, mean, I, I think I think. I think the Wikipedia had something like 1.5 million copies, which is quite a lot for, uh... Aha! The game one, is based game. on the original arcade title, Bomb Jack. Bomb Jack. Oh, 1984 Bomb Jack. Gotcha. Yeah, okay. So Might, Mighty Bomb Jack is the sequel slash console port. So I'm going to guess the original Bomb Jack is, is, is A-OK. It's probably I mean, a fine The game experience. itself is fine if you just think of it as an arcade game. Yeah, If you just sure. think of it like a Pac-Man type of thing where it's just going through as many stages as you can. And I, it's... How long did it take you to figure out the different powers and stuff? Like, so you could use different powers to open chests and things? Um, a while. Um, it took me at least a few stages to figure out that's even what a button did. <laughs> and then it took me a few more to realize why I could do it sometimes and why I couldn't. Yeah, me too. <laughs> and then a while longer than that to figure out what the difference was. <laughs> yeah, it was like different colors. Sometimes yeah, enemies turn into colors. coins. <laughs> it's, it's and it's like, like <laughs> so now can I attack the enemies? No. No, you can never attack the enemies. They don't, you can only collect them when you turn them into coins. Right. Again, like Pac-Man. Like... Your options are run away from the enemies or have a power pellet. That's it. Yes. Yeah. You. Yeah. Because you're just trying to you're just trying to collect points to get through the levels, and you really want secret coins because you so you can get one of four endings. There, there's four endings. There are four endings. Yes. Well, I which ending did got you get? An ending. What one did you get? I don't know. Okay, hold on. There's I was one ending. Paying attention by the time I got there. There's one ending where you where you where you clear the curse of. <laughs> Be, well, it's not even Basil. It's just Beazle Butt. Yep. Um, Bell's so not, Butt. Yeah, Bell's. It's actually more like Bell's Butt. Yep. Bell's a Butt. Bell's a Butt. Bell's a Butt. <laughs> yeah, because that's definitely what they wanted. Um, Close enough. And, you and know what they mean. Yeah, they mean Bell's a Butt. Um, and uh, so there's one where you, you beat him in this world piece after exploding out of a volcano. There's another one where after exploding out of a volcano, Jack will be honored forever as a hero because he rescued the king and the queen. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. there's one where after you break the volcano jack and the princess got married and a baby was born he is destined oh. to fight for world peace okay and then this is the real confusing effed up ending 
is if you get everything perfect, it it makes the last ending very strange because at the end of it, the king call or you call the king father. So that that means that in one of the endings you married, you had a you married and had a child with your sister. Yeah. Ah, uh, so you know. I don't want to just I don't want to just point the finger at Japan here, but. It's possible I mean, it's, they just didn't think that through, but it's possible I, that they did. It's possible, well, like, because even even I don't know if I don't know how far this is into the 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 anime, but even like new manga still does it. Like Spy by Family still has some weird sibling yep. stuff. Um, yep, 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 yep. So I mean, that's just that's just a a thing, I guess. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> So I don't I have anything else I'm to say about sure this I got game. the world peace ending. <laughs> yeah, probably that's the the world peace ending is the one I I would have gotten if I did it because you got zero crystal balls. Crystal and, balls. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, crystal balls are you collect them somehow. Uh huh. Through through maybe they're in treasure boxes or something. I don't know. Like, I didn't. I get know them. that I, there are. One thing that really confused me is like. There is definitely an almost Zelda style like lock like door progression system where there's like multiple paths and some of them seem to unlock only under certain circumstances and then those lead to like alternate routes and I've never really oh, understood yeah. because everything just seems to go forward but I didn't know really what the difference was. It's not yeah, like maybe a that map has you can look at. Maybe that has something to do with it. I don't I honestly don't have a clue. There I, are so some, I I there are some hidden treasures that have like certain things in them, most of which I didn't know what they did, but there's one that looks like a sphinx. Yeah, I think that's just worth points. Let me see. I had the manual open earlier. Uh, sphinx is worth 10,000 points. Oh, to show or open the hidden doorway. That's what the sphinx mm -hmm. does. The mighty coin gives you mighty power. Yeah. Mighty yep. drink adds 10 counts to the timer. Treasure <laughs> bag, gold coin <laughs> to raise possibility of extra coins. Yada, yada, yada. All right. How long did you play? 15 minutes. Okay, that's about what I, that's about what I said, like, you didn't miss anything. Oh, I the know. The game does not develop. <laughs> what I will say is that it took me much longer than that to learn that the jump mechanics in this game are actually very complex. No, it's really cool, because you can, you can, you can jump, you can jump really high with the D-pad, mm -hmm. you can stop your jump midair, you yep. can do like a little sideways jiggled thing if you like tap the D-pad left and right. Uh, or no, tap the jump button. Yep, yep. Um, and you can fall at normal speed, and you can fall faster. Yeah, there's so there's a lot that you can like, do with the control, with the actual like with your single ability. So that's the thing is that I think the game has a lot of potential here. I gotta yes. say that too much, but <laughs> the, the game the game is it's not completely terrible in 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 conception. It's just terrible in act like when it when you're playing it, it it's not fun to play okay it definitely feels like it's missing a lot because you don't really have any you don't really have any ways to deal with enemies other than just to avoid them and that that's sucks. the only thing you can do yeah well it's that or you can oh you can turn them into find power-ups to like power pellet them and turn them into coins yeah but other than that you're just dodging and it got me thinking once i really learned the depth of the of the jump mechanics and I saw how much there was there, how you can you can alter the arc of your jump, you can yep. alter yeah. the height and the and the distance yeah, you can, of your jump, you can hover. Actually like, jumping is is kinda cool. Like I honestly had fun maybe not fun, but I sort of I enjoyed I had some fun. 
playing with the jumping movement in the game. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's it's actually like it actually is very very tight and feels pretty good to do. Right, I wish I wish there was more to the game than what there is because then I think I would have acted. Yes. Honest to God, really liked it. So as I was playing, and about the second half of the game that I, it took me probably about an hour and a half, two hours to to beat it. There's like that sixteen seems worlds. Yeah. Um, as I was going through it, the only thing I can think of is like this jump mechanic is absolutely the basis of like a really really good tight rage platformer like a super meat boy today heck yeah yeah you could take that mechanic and build a game around just doing that really well and that would be a fun game yeah you wouldn't you wouldn't even need enemies (laughs) like it could just it could just be about cool platforming Yeah. yeah Like there is a there is a precision platformer buried in that game somewhere that could be really 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 good, mm-hmm. but it's not a precision platformer. It's a weird side scroller game with enemies that just kind of slowly float after you, annoyingly, <laughs> and <laughs> they really do just sort of and float a bunch after of collectibles you. that don't do anything. <laughs> they just give you points because it's an arcade game. That's They're it. like, I seriously went through the first six or seven stages of the first six or seven rooms in this game. Absolutely convinced that the point of the game was to collect all of the bombs so that you could move on. Yeah, me too. And that's why it was called Mighty Bomb Jack. Because it's yeah, like, you're, get you're all the bombs, the bombs and that unlocks the door. Right. Cut to like an hour later where I'm just running through the room, ignoring everything. <laughs> No, that's how you get the, the different endings, I'm guessing. I don't actually know how you get the how you get the crystal balls. I just know there's four endings. Now, there is one thing that I am absolutely convinced that you did not see having played for only a few minutes. <laughs> what? Now, I you got a feel for the jump mechanics. That's basically the whole game. Level diversity changes slightly, but not enough to really matter. So I don't think you really missed much. However... There is one particular image that I saw in about World 9. <laughs> okay. Uh, you mentioned the Mighty Drink. Yeah. That adds 10 seconds to your timer. Yes. There was a particular room where there's a bunch of those stacked up side by side by side. Okay. Would you like to know what happens when you charge your timer up past uh, past 99? What? I would like for I'm going to send you an image. I would like for you to no context just read the text on this screen. You are greedy. <laughs> Go to the torture room. <laughs> I I was actually going to ask you about the torture room because they they mentioned the torture rooms. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you're too greedy. You wanted too much time. Mm-hmm. I'm collecting these things, still not really fully understanding what they actually do. (laughs) Right. And then you pick one up and the moment you pick up the, the moment you pick up the timer that would send your, your, uh, your existing time over a hundred or over 99 or whatever, the, the game just cuts to this one color solid screen with the words, you are greedy, go to the torture room. And the torture room is just a, it's just a closed square room with no platforms or obstacles and 
four enemies spawn in the room and chase you around for 50 seconds. 50? That's a long time. Oh, no. No, no. That's 50 in-game seconds, which is about three or four minutes. What? You're just in there for a while. What? Um, I, I didn't time how long it was, but let me put it this way. I could not rewind back to the beginning of it. Holy, holy crap. Like, I, I made it to the end uh, of it. I don't know how long the, the total rewind period is. Yeah, I know that, like, and yes, I know that on the Switch, you can rewind and then, like, gets to the end of the... Then you can do it again. And you can do it again. You can do that a couple times to go back fairly far in the game. Yeah. Um. So I got to the end of it and then got dropped into... Uh, Jesse might be home, so bark, bark. Um, I got to the end of it, and it got it dropped me back to the like the beginning of of like a few rooms ago. So I was like, oh, I literally lost progress from that. Screw that. I like I wanted to see what happened if I made it through the torture room, and it's literally just like go back to the beginning of the level. <laughs> so I'm not into that. Let's let's go back to before that happened. I yeah. could not. I rewound as far as I possibly could. And there were like, I I was able to rewind to the point where there were still about 28 seconds left on the clock. That's rough. So like, essentially, whatever is like the maximum amount of rewind time that the switch allows you roughly double that. And that's how long you're in the torture room just running from the same four enemies following you around that that's so stupid it's torture so that's the torture i guess it's torture i guess it's torture that's the that's the torture room so don't be greedy don't don't pick up listen don't pick up power-ups in the platformer or you'll go to the torture room why would you think that these things are here to help you (laughs) No, that's an '80s mechanic right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're uh, let's like let's drop these things to help you until they don't. <laughs> I don't. So yeah, have... that's the the that was that was an experience. That's that is going to stand out as the most memorable thing from this game. <laughs> oh, other than, yeah, for sure. That would be my mo- the, most the memorable thing. Because I actually what? think the jump mechanics are cool and interesting. It's just none of the game's design is built around making any of that cool or interesting. It ultimately just comes down to like you walk in at one end of the room and you just kind of move through the room and get to the other end of the room. And that's the game. Yeah. I mean, that that is literally the, the, the game. Yeah. Like you think you're supposed to collect things. You think the power ups matter. You think the treasure chests matter. They really don't like it's a, it's a score attack game. That's really just what it is. Mm hmm. All right. Well, thanks for joining us. Yep. I, that's I was I was actually just going to say. Well, that's that's my I mean, <laughs> we really dug a hole for this game. Let's be honest. We, yeah. Like, I mean, I was, like we should have played Ski Free. <laughs> we've got we. It was like what? Let's let's live. Let's just play Ski Free right now, and we can talk about it. <laughs> It was like 15 minutes. Oh, jeez. Listen. 
I've been sick and I was like, what can we play that's easy and available and that I don't have to get out of bed for? <laughs> and we played like half of the stuff that's on Switch Online already. <laughs> and I was like, Mighty Bomb Jack says that it takes like an hour and a half to beat, which is accurate. And like, I just did it one night and it was easy, which is what I wanted. But boy, I was... I distinctly remember <laughs> playing it oh, yeah, a couple yeah. days talk ago. About, yeah, let's wait. Let's talk about why this game actually came up as the, the the real reason we picked this one, though, is because you had a memory of it. Oh, yeah. That's not even what I was going to talk about. Oh, 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 well, we can talk about that. We we sort of made reference to it earlier. I suppose there's not much else to say. You literally already know what it is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was just going to say, about. like, the one thing about playing Mighty Bomb Jack is like, we picked it largely because it was short and available. Yeah. And it was just like, whatever, it's there. Let's just play it. Um, Do you think Prehistoric Man for Super Nintendo would have been a better choice? I mean, I don't know. It might, probably, have, been long- it might have been longer. And so for not. what I needed this week, probably not. And it didn't have the cool jump. You know, Bitey Bomb Jack has some cool jump mechanics. The, listen, the jump mechanics are legitimately good. I want to lift the jump mechanics out of this game and put them in a different game and play that game. Yeah. It's just like they there's so much stuff designed into this game that doesn't matter. The bomb, the collectible bomb stuff doesn't matter. There's hidden chests, what's in them doesn't matter. The power-ups some of them matter just to let like get the enemies away from you. There's different enemy types. But don't get that, too many of them cuz yeah. you know you'll go to the torture room. Yeah. Like there's there's different enemy types but mostly they just kind of slowly float after you. In in different yeah you know at different speeds and different directions yeah sometimes they get stuck on a block or something sometimes and then you're like they just get waiting. stuck on a block. <laughs> um, I will say there's like there's hints of what they're going for in the um in the mechanics because I noticed in a couple of occasions you can pull some real like near misses and grazes on enemies. Your hitbox is not as big as your sprite. No. And for a for a weird janky platformer from the '80s, the idea of a hitbox being smaller than your sprite rather than bigger is actually very pleasant. You, Fair. you like you kind I'll of give you, ex- that. you kind of expect a game like this to be like you know, you take those deaths where it's like it didn't even look like he touched me. I had way more instances of like, oh, that was really close. I thought he got me, but I'm still alive. Yeah, you know, and that that actually feels really good when that happens. And considering that you don't have any other way to avoid to deal with enemies other than just to avoid them, having a small hitbox where you can just kind of like sneak past really close actually like allows for some good moments. Jesse was actually like Jesse was actually watching for part of it. And there were <laughs> a, there were a couple of moments where she was like, whoa, boy, I can't <laughs> believe you made it through that. Because, you know, you're just kind of like threading the needle between things that are kind of like closing in on you. And it's like there's there's some there's some stuff in there. It's just that the actual level design is garbage. Like if it was just a if it was a game like that, that was just a cool, stylish little a cool, stylish little platformer about like about dodging things really close. That would actually be cool. This game about like collecting things that don't matter and, and running to the other side of the room and going through a door is and the enemies just happen to be there. Not interesting. I will no. say it probably is a really, really interesting speed game. Hmm. 
because the movement mechanics are really tight. Yeah, that I could see that. And like I, navigating the best route through the room seems like it would be like really, really interesting to optimize. Um, my understanding is that the enemies are random too. Yeah, that makes sense. They're also really easy to despawn. True, you just, you know, you do the NES trick. Yeah, you just scroll them off the screen and they despawn. And it's not like Ninja Gaiden where they just continue to spawn at the edge of the screen infinitely. Like, they actually despawn and then it takes a while for them to respawn from somewhere else. So, that is actually... I did do that a couple of times when there was just, like, too many in the way and there's no way through. It's like, okay, I'm going to go back to the other side of this room and we're going to try this again. Yeah. No, but what I was going to say is I distinctly remember, like, I was playing through the game and being like, oh, I don't know how long this is. It's probably, like, eight or nine stages. That seems pretty typical for for a game like this. And then I got to, like, stage eight and then stage nine and then stage ten. And I just kept going and going and going. And I was like, this is more than I expected. And there's not nearly enough variety in the levels <laughs> to justify it. I literally got to a point where I was like, did I loop? Like, I was not sure if I'd finish the game. The levels looked so similar to each other and there was so little variation (laughs) that I had a moment there where I was like, I, if the game had just sent me back to level one and had me going through earlier stages again, because I'd gotten to like the maximum stage and looped back around, I literally would not know it. The only the only time I realized that I was still making progress was when I got to the end of that, like that, like set of stages. And it was like, oh, level 11 clear or whatever. And I was like, oh, I guess it's still I guess it's still progress. But like the stages, there's like three different stages and they all look the same. Are they like there's three different stage templates, I should say, roughly. And they all look the same to each other because they're all using like the same assets and and tile sets and stuff. You want the enemies, you know. Yeah, there's just no, like, there's no, the game is longer than it needs to be, but it's one of those things where it doesn't really matter because you're basically just doing the same thing the whole time. It were, like, I got to a certain point and I was like, this reminds me of Mappy Land. It reminds me of Mappy Land in the sense that, like, really you just have... You just have like a simple set of mechanics Mm -hmm. and you're just doing those over and over. And in the stages look the same, but have very slightly different layouts, but it doesn't really change what you're doing that much. So sure. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just an arcade game on that. It's an arcade game. That's, that's, that's what it is. And uh, that's, that's cool. The thing you were referencing earlier is that the only thing that I knew about Mighty Bomb Jack until this week was uh, that the Mighty Bomb Jack halftime show on Tecmo Super Bowl, which I have seen dozens of times. Um, Because the thing is, it only plays during the actual Super Bowl. Yeah, because I had never seen it before. I had never gotten to the Super Bowl in that game. Yeah, it's it's a special thing. Like, it doesn't play during normal games. You have to have played through an entire season and the playoffs and gotten to the Super Bowl and then you get a special little easter egg thing for the Super Bowl which is just which is just the regular like the regular play music in the game playing and three mighty bomb jack sprites do a little coordinated kirby dance yeah i mean hey you know 
And it's fine. It's like, okay, cool. Yeah, it's like, whatever. I, like... <laughs> there is... There's something I find kind of fascinating about... um Bark. I think Jesse's home. Yeah, she's home. There's something I find really, really fascinating about um the 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 games that did like in-game advertising for their other games in that era yeah tech well tecmo has the they they do the cool thing in their manuals too where they actually advertise their other games within their manual yeah and i think that's kind of awesome like tecmo super bowl has a rygar billboard on the scoreboard <laughs> yeah 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 tecmo was all about branding themselves and and advertising their stuff because at the at the end they have like a list of in their manuals they have like a list of uh here's here's what this style of game is if you like this check this one out and blah 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 yeah 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 that i think one of the absolute most memorable and best ones i can remember ever 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 is the spray cam no <laughs> blades of steel i don't what was what was the blades of steel one in so blades of steel Hockey. Yes. Played that game a ton as a kid. That's a, that sure. is a Konami game. Yes. Um, Konami. Once in a while, it doesn't happen every time, but during the second intermission between the second and third periods, you will occasionally, if you don't skip the, uh, if you don't, because you can skip the, the, the little cutscene that plays. Yeah, the Zamboni scene, and it shows like the the thing on the jumbotron. Yeah. There is a short like five to ten second playable demo of gradius shut up i'm I'm googling this it's like it's it's not like it's basically like a mini game but you straight up move the ship around and shoot at one of the bosses in gradius and it's like a fine it's like a little awesome it's like a little mini game that you can play and you either, you know, you beat the you beat the boss thing or you don't in like a few seconds. And I remember being super hyped to play that. Are you ready? Oh yeah, that's so cool. Dude, that's sick. Yeah, that's like that's playable. You straight up just do it. You just play Gradius for like a Blam. few minutes. Contra. Yep. And that oh, yeah. confused the crap out of me because I was like, that's not Contra. I've played Contra. That's not what that game is. And then there's Jackal. <laughs> so it's terrible advertising because it shows you Gradius and then never tells you the name of the thing you just played. Oh, yeah. It just shows you Contra and Jackal. It shows you Contra and Jackal, neither of which games look anything like that. So I like I was super in. And if they had done a better job of saying like, Hey, that few seconds of that cool space shooter game you just played is called Gradius by Gradius. I would have been like, hey, I want to get that game. <laughs> but they didn't. They showed Contra and Jackal. And I played those games and I was like, that's not what I that's not what that looked like. <laughs> oh, only so it's Amazing seriously. advertising that was not like Seriously. anything I'd, else I'd seen in like the 80s or 90s. Only Konami. But it was also terrible. Because they got me hooked on a game and then didn't tell me what it was. God, that's beautiful. But still, like, you know, 30 some odd years later, I am still blown away by this NES game that has a playable advertisement in the middle of the hockey game. <laughs> and in a way, like, 
there's a part of me that kind of misses that, that sort of like, you know, cross cross promotional advertising in your, in the video game. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, it never went anywhere. It's just gross. Now it would be okay if a company did it for themselves in a way like, yeah, but like, you, you know, you pick up, you pick up new Madden and there's like, that's why I was saying the sprite there's cam. Cause more that's advertising for actual real world products in those games than there is in the actual NFL now. Yeah. So like the, and it's not even kind just sports weird. games where advertisements actually kind of make sense because, you know, that's just kind of part of the thing. You also like there's also been really weird like the whole the whole Doritos thing in, in Metal Gear Solid. Oh, I, I don't even know about that. Yeah, I'm sure you've seen the meme of like <laughs> of like Snake reaching into the bag of Doritos and like and like like grinding the Dorito dust all over his face. No, I've not seen that. You've not seen that? No. All right. I see Solid Snake with Axe too. Is that true? Or is that a joke? Probably. Doritos. When did, when did, when did this happen? Like around, it was like around the time that, uh, I'm seeing Peace Walker where he's got a Doritos t-shirt on. (laughs) Like, as I recall, they had fish taco flavored Doritos alongside Axe body spray, Mountain Dew, Pepsi, Bone Curdy, and magazines from Famitsu. What a yada, yada, yada. Who cares? Um, we're including the Japanese version of Metal Gear Solid Peace Walker as in-game items as a joke on product placement. Yeah. Oh, but so so it's a joke on product placement, but also they but got money for product, product placement. placement. I'm okay with that. That I'm okay with. I'm not gonna lie, especially if it was free. Listen, just I'm like, not gonna I'm not gonna dog on product placement in video games. I play Yakuza. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like it really depends on how Mountain it's done. Mountain Dew has showed up in Yakuza as an item. Yakuza Six. Has a mini game, an entire mini game set that involves Kiryu, one of the buffest and most ripped people in the world ever, goes the to world. the gym to get buff. And it's a real world actual gym. He's got to get huge. And okay. it does an actual before and after. So where yeah, it like, shows him like it shows him like looking sad and not buff before his workout, even though he's still super ripped. <laughs> and then afterwards he's all bodybuilder shiny. So I'm, I'm totally okay with those types of things when they're, when they're doing it, even if they're, you know, they're getting all the typical things that go along with it, like money and all that crap. But uh, as long as you as the player aren't suffering the consequences and it's enjoyable, that's fine. Yeah. Right. Like it's like because I remember the 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 problem with the sprite cam in one of the NBA games was that it happened constantly after every single time. Like if you did a dunk, it would like do the sprite cam afterwards. I was like, oh, my God, no, stop. Yeah. And it was like nonstop in your face, which is annoying then. Yeah. yeah. Um, But but if it's something that makes you laugh, then it's then it's great advertising. Right. Because that's. Yeah. That's the whole point. In a lot of ways. I'm just saying too. like it's. Advertising in video games has become like an actual cash cow for people and something that becomes exploited. So yes. it's not fun anymore. Yeah, it has but to be done little, in a way. These little startup development companies, you know, Konami wasn't huge in the 80s. Tecmo wasn't huge in the 80s. Yeah. They were little they were little companies making games and made some money doing it. Like they weren't these huge international corporate monstrosities. Um 
So like, you know, playing a Tecmo game and seeing a, a an ad on a scoreboard, which is a normal thing to see, that references another game that they made, that's cute. Now, like what, what, totally got now absorbed. it takes that now it takes the form of like, you know, you go into the blizzard launcher and one of the options on your on your main menu of the game you're playing is a prompt to buy a different game. Yeah. Oh, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying now. You yeah, know, this yeah. like invasive like this invasive like, hey, get extra buffs when you uh get extra buffs when you when you buy this other game that we made. Sure. It's like it's I don't know. In-game advertising isn't I fun anymore because now. it's it's there's too much actual money in it. It it feels exploitative now whereas before it felt fun. I think it's it's probably dependent upon how it's done or honestly who's doing it. Yeah. Um I think the I think the version of it that I that I like now is like the easter egg. The easter egg or like the callback to your previous game if you sort of reference something that you made before. Yeah, I think you that's the saddest a, you thing drop about drop in a little reference something for the fans. The 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 worst thing about um the worst thing about like marketing today and and how DLC works is that I do think a lot of stuff that would have been added in just as secrets are mm-hmm. now paid DLC. Like yeah. in the um, we'll probably talk about this someday, so I don't want to talk about it too much. But in sure. the Klonoa games that were just oh, yeah, yeah. the the re-releases, mm-hmm. there's a <laughs> there's like a twenty or something thirty dollar DLC. It's extremely expensive for three hats that are like you can wear Pac Man on your head, yeah. or you can wear uh, the Prince from um, uh, Katamari Damacy mm-hmm. hat. And and it's ridiculously expensive, and you know those would have been rewards. today. I learned today just now. I learned that Klonoa is a Namco game. <laughs> there, there you go. <laughs> just now, yeah. Klonoa has Pac Man on his bandana, like on his hat, natural, like normally, but it's just oh, like okay. a tiny little. Um, it's like like a like a like a. I don't know how to explain it. I don't know the words are not working, but the it's part of his outfit already, uh, and the, but then you can wear the actual yellow head of pac like well i guess it's not pac-man's head it's his entire body yeah let's not get into that <laughs> that's that that leads us into some body horror directions <laughs> yeah. uh, pac-man is pretty body horror that's true uh but but the stuff like that like you know so if they ever re-release the uh skies of arcadia there was free dlc in the dreamcast version that you had to download but in the in the complete version for gamecube you could get it was just part of the game where you could get you know a tuna as a weapon and like a lollipop like joke weapons yeah yeah Uh, and those things would probably be like dumb dlc now as opposed to i want to give a quick shout out to uh i want to give a quick shout out to sega for the fact that you were able to just unironically say the words free dlc on the dreamcast version Because that like predates the idea that it predates the acronym DLC by like several years. Oh yeah, it wasn't DLC. I don't even know what. I don't remember how you got it. You just connected to the the Sega Net servers and you could yeah. download it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it is, that's what it was. That is what DLC that. is. Absolutely. It just like it predates the very idea of that. The Dreamcast should have been huge. They they I don't know. They they screwed up a lot. <laughs> I think the well first of all. They pulled the plug on it before actually supporting it. Yeah. Like, well, Sega a had a really problems. bad habit of, like, not seeing huge returns in the first, like, year that something was out and then just, like, abandoning ship. 
they're like, you know what? Screw this. Let's just put so- let's just put Sonic uh, Adventure Sonic Adventure Two on GameCube and call it a day. That was that that moment was when, as a kid, well, I guess I don't know how old we were then. We were not exactly kids, but when when I that was happened, definitely in college. Um, when Sonic Adventure Two came out, I, I thought we were like in maybe high school, like end of high school. But I, so it's like kids, but not kids. I don't okay. know. But it doesn't really matter. Sonic Adventure Two. 2000. Okay, I was not a kid. I well, hang on. Sonic Adventure 2 Battle is the is the uh, the GameCube version, right? I think it's just called Sonic Adventure 2. I don't know, but maybe it is called Battle. Oh wait, was the original one Dreamcast only? I think it was. I right? think it was. They mm-hmm. both actually came out in 2001. So I want to say been... the Dreamcast one. I think because Dreamcast died like that year. Yeah. <laughs> and so they just dumped it on GameCube. I want to say this is actually this. This timeline is wild to think about <laughs> because the big special release date of the Dreamcast was nine nine ninety nine. Yes. Yep. So that was like a whole big thing where it was like September 9th, 1999. Yeah, dude, I, I, I have some of those. Do you remember those images of like the, the Dreamcast is like, this thing's going to read your mind. It's taking over the world. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's so, so powerful. Not as weird as the, or no, that was like... Was Dreamcast the one that had the weird, creepy, like, it's thinking? It, uh, yeah, because I think it was because the, 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 it wasn't the in, insane one with the disembodied genie head with the, like, that was for the Saturn. That was the, the totally crazy ultra 90s advertisement where uh, it had like some disembodied floating blue head in the sky yelling at you to buy the Saturn because it's going to be the most amazing thing ever. But yeah. I'm pretty sure the Dreamcast was the it's thinking stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still, the, the creepy the creepy game advertising that really sticks with me is actually for the PS3. Do you remember the creepy like naked doll sitting in the room with the PS3? Hell yeah, dude! <laughs> doing the doing the creepy chuckle and then it just starts crying. The PS3, they didn't like. I don't know what the hell they were thinking. Who was that for? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Like. <laughs> The marketing for that console went completely off a cliff right around, like starting with the boomerang controller and continuing with 599 us dollars. But then, then they, they, then they added some of the, was, was it PS three? No, PS three was the one that had the really cool advertising where it was all the characters sitting around. And then they all started saying cheers for so-and-so. And then they showed the picture of it. And it was just like a random person being like, all these characters are, Oh yeah, I remember that one. That saluting. one was cool. That's what I mean. They they like they have these psychotic, like basically fever dream pitches for the the PS3 at first, and they're like, wait a minute, what? What? If How we about we just take the video game characters this? and have them talk about how cool it is to play video games? Like, what? What if we just did normal marketing? Yeah, that might work. <laughs> oh, but hey, we have one of the best selling consoles ever. Great. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> No, but I w- I need to go back to this Dreamcast thing. Yeah, the the timeline of like when it started and when they when they're like, hey, put on the Dream or put on the GameCube. September nineteen ninety nine, Dreamcast launches. December two thousand one, Sonic Adventure two is on the GameCube. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's two so years insane. and three months. It's so crazy. Anyway, that was my bomb jack. As Mighty Bomb Jack. We should... <laughs> <laughs> and some other stuff. <laughs>
I don't know how we got here, but I think I think I'm done. I'm good. Yeah, that's that's. <laughs> I can a, feel a was... coughing fit coming on. So. <laughs> All right. Till next week.